Hey, hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of On Tap. We're doing something a little different today. Uh, obviously, there is not just two of us. There's four of us. The whole gang is here. I'm Ron Luce, joined by Cody, Juice, and Joe. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Fellas, uh, I just got off work, went to the chiropractor, got my back cracked, and now I'm home. Feeling great. <laughs> Feeling awesome. Me, myself. <laughs> Uh, everything else about the Cubs just sucks, but you know we're going to talk all about that. Um, but They're other than that, right I'm, I'm good. Yeah, it's actually spin zone. The Cubs can't break our hearts today because they don't play. Can't get your heart broken if <laughs> if the Cubs don't play. Uh, yeah, the heart, meme of the guy pointing at his head. <laughs> so no, yeah, I'm good, guys. Uh, glad to be here with you all, and uh, it's always good to see you. See you all. Absolutely, man. It's always a blast. And uh, Juicy Juice, I know you're on the road, man, down in, down out in new territory for work. I mean, what's uh, what's up with you? What's going on? Talk yeah, in Fort Wayne, home of the, I think it's the Red Caps out here. Uh, don't have a game going on tonight. Uh, so walked by the park. I'm actually right next to it. But um, I think uh, the South Bend Cubs are in town. And I'll be in South Bend in a couple days. So... Think about heading over to that game on Wednesday. So, uh, who nice. knows? Uh, might have some uh, live updates about some prospect guys, and uh, be a fun little talk. While there's no Cubs baseball, like Cody said, they can't hurt us. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised. The Cubs can do a lot of things to us that uh, we don't <laughs> expect them to do. So, um, wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, right in the middle of this home run derby, when all the positive vibes are, you know, they trade Chris Bryant for like a bag of balls. Or something. So, yeah, didn't want to jump to it right now, but hey, sometimes we gotta. You know, this is what this podcast is going to be about today. Yeah, sometimes right. you just gotta pull the bandaid off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you're all you're gonna have to see pictures of Schwarber and Bryant hanging out together. That that doesn't always feel great. Castellanos too. Oh yeah. Well, and I feel like the worst part about it is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like the two guys that have pretty much all but been confirmed that are going to get traded are the two representing the Cubs at the All-Star game. So it's like, there's the spin zone where they can hurt us tonight. You watch like the former Cubs with the current Cubs and it's like, cool, none of these guys are going to be Cubs in about two and a half weeks. So yay us, but uh, just quickly, hello, Dope Redbeard. How are you, sir? Happy All-Star break to you too. Shout out to Dope Redbeard. That guy fucks. Absolutely. Yep. Awesome dude. Always <laughs> popping in our comments. And I love Juice, that guy. Fort Wayne Tin Caps. There you go. They're the podcast. Tin Caps, whatever. Yeah, He's yeah, got whatever. you. He's got you covered. See? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our listeners always always got all of us covered. Um, that shows how much to... I really cared about the minor league team around here. But, yeah, <laughs> no. I no Mackenzie Gore. He's a triple A. So, I mean, I can't, I can't watch maybe the pre, you know, the guy that, you know, brings us back. You know, in a trade for a Chris Bryant or a or a Kimbrel, maybe potentially. Speak hopefully. it, speak it into existence, Juice. Gonna keep doing <laughs> speak it, it into existence. Gonna keep doing it. No, but I mean, it, it uh, it's been busy. I mean, I know everybody's happy it's the All Star break, uh, but it's very busy. It's very busy. Obviously, today was day two of the MLB draft. For those that uh, tagged along with that, Cubs made nine picks today. Uh, obviously, picking Wicks yesterday is their first rounder, and uh, nine additional guys today. Ooh, excuse me. The the first five round uh, picks, you can all go read those at ontapsportsnet.com. Uh, six through ten is going to be coming after this podcast because I'm finishing that one up. So uh, that's on me why that's not out yet. But um, but gentlemen, um, we'll, we'll talk a little more probably about the draft, some combination of us here uh, later in the week, uh, kind of doing like a little bit of a recap show about that. Um, but we're here, you know, a little all-star break checkup, obviously. Um I think if you would have asked us about this episode circa three weeks ago, we would have been in a lot better spirits about this episode. We've been like, yeah, you know, the Cubs are in first place, top of the NL Central. Things are going well. They're going to be buyers at the deadline. And then the egregious losing streak happens. And now we are where we are. And so that's where I guess we'll just open the floor. I know Juice and I, we talked, we, we, we told ourselves we weren't going to talk trade deadline stuff after on Friday's episode. And what did we end up doing for about half the episode, but talking <laughs> trade deadline stuff. So, uh, so Joe and Cody, I want to kind of turn it over to you guys first and just get some of your thoughts. Cause I haven't spoken to either one of you since the reports came out that the Cubs were going to be sellers. Um, so I would love to hear your guys' opinions. Uh, Cody, I, I, the mic is yours, man. What's up? What do you, how are you feeling about the whole <laughs> scenario? Well, you know, we kind of talked about a little bit on skies falling last night. You know, I, it was, it was so cubes. Like if if you if you know you know. 
Like that, mm-hmm. that, that was a thing on Twitter a long time ago. If you know, you know, mm-hmm. it was very cubes um, for the Cubs to, or for Jed Hoyer to say, life comes at you fast. Uh, we're, we're sellers, blah, blah, blah. And then for them to put out the, that lineup that they put out that night, it, it was so cubes. Um, you know, I, I have, you know, I've started waving the white flag, man. I know that we're going to have to sell. And and, and even beforehand, before the 11-game losing streak, I was still okay with, you know, trading some pieces. I was obviously hoping for, like, more of a buy. But if we wanted to sell a piece, but you're going to get some some sort of, uh, you know, future in return, um, it would have made sense to me because, like I've said and how I've reiterated all season, you know, Jed said it was a transition year. So I didn't go into the season with World Series expectations. I went in with, hey, who knows what the fuck can happen? We might make the playoffs. Let's fuck around, see what happens. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, ever since he said that, you know, I've just kind of, I mean, I was already numb, guys, but like I've, I just feel like it's, uh, you know, I don't even know if he should have said it. Like, with the way that things work, like, okay, you just told the entire league you're selling. Are we going to get what we are we going to get what we deserve? And 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 as ter- as far as a return, I, 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 if he said it, then I'm assuming this is something that GMs say. I don't know. Um, I'm not used to being in this spot, man. It's been a long time since the Cubs traded Jeff Samarja for Addison Russell and 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 that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like. I it's uh it's one of those things where, you know, again, I, I know we're selling. I've I'm content with it. But at the same time, I was just like the timing just of all of that was just really shitty, I, especially with that line. I mean, they didn't put Baez, Bryant and Contreras in the lineup that night. And they, you know, went out and lost like eight to nothing. It was it was the most cubes thing ever. The most cubes thing ever. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a. uh Pardon my French, but a bit of a kick in the balls, um, <laughs> to say the very least. But Joe, I mean, uh, let, let's get your thoughts on it. I know you've you've been you've been vocal when you got to be vocal about it. I've seen you mm-hmm. doing a little little talking about it on Twitter, but uh, I'm sure all those in in our podcast listeners uh, that we are super appreciative of because those podcast numbers just continue to climb and climb and climb. So <laughs> shout out to those people. But um, you know, what do you, what do you think? I mean, what do you, what do you got so far? Especially with that initial announcement, because I feel like, like, kind of like you said, Cody, like that was the moment where it was really like, ah, okay, now it's real because, like, there's been, you know, it's essentially came straight from the horse's mouth, and now it's like, uh, well, the inevitability of it, it's like Thanos, right? It's like he's inevitable. This deadline now for Cubs fans is unfortunately inevitable. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, just like Cody said, we were kind of hoping for to be buyers, and at the least buyer you know they could have been buyers or they could have been sellers but buyers at the same time like you know three weeks ago if you would have told me that the cubs traded away craig uh craig kimbrell i i would have told you that they easily still could have won the division mm-hmm. without having craig kimbrell and trading kimbrell can definitely propel us to you know the next three four years with some young talent but obviously now it really doesn't matter who we have so you might as well get rid of everybody, but yeah, it's it sucks, man. Like, not that long ago, I it's probably still in drafts on on WordPress. I said, who should the Cubs get at the trade deadline? I never finished it, <laughs> and I mean, you know, I never at, at a certain point, I never really saw a reason to, because you know it was just all doom and gloom. So it, it sucks. The, the only thing that we have going for us is that, and we at least have the decision. You know, we know it's happening. Mm-hmm. There's no more speculation, you know, whether that's good or not. You know, who knows? Yeah. But we don't have to I, speculate anymore. I forgot to mention, you know, in those comments that Jed said, you know, in the article, I think Patrick Mooney said it or wrote it down or, or, or not wrote it down, but, you know, put it in a story. At the very end, you know, Jed was like, this isn't a quote unquote rebuild, more of a retool um, type situation. Again, back to like everything that I already said, like he could just be saying that to say that just to like, you know, not let everyone know exactly what he's thinking. But to me, that's a little bit of a silver lining that we're not just going to sell off the three guys uh, just for the, the, the shit of it and then go, you know, start talking about prospects for the next four or five years. Because mm-hmm. um, if they do that, and then 
then I won't think that we're going to go into that right away. But if we do that and then they don't spend anything in the offseason with all the free freed up money that they will have, yeah. Then then I will go into a mode of like, you know, you know, fucking don't don't give Tom Ricketts any more money. Don't go to games. I I have been stand I've stand pat on, you know, like you know, we are we are very lucky fans to be able to go to Wrigley Field and enjoy the Cubs the last six, seven years. But if they were to sell off those guys and then not do anything to genuinely try to make the roster better right away, then that's a slap in the fans' face. And then I really wouldn't blame people for not like for like you know not going to games because of Tom Ricketts. But yeah. you know, if they sell one or two, one, perhaps two, depending on the return you get back. And then try and get better in the free agency because again they will have so much money this offseason. Yeah. Then I can then I can understand and I can get in I can get in line and I will, you know, get ready to get hurt again next year. But Absolutely. uh you know that that's a long ways away. But I mean that again, like I just I just you it's hard to take Jed's comments, you know, to heart. At this time of the year, because he's just saying what he's got to say to save face, you know. So, sure. yeah, and, and I, I agree with you there, Cody. And that was something that I kind of thought about as well. Was you know, if this is truly a a transition year, to me, a transition year is not a blow it up year, like you said, right? It, it to me, his you know, him saying, "Hey, you know, we're not, you know, we're not rebuilding." Okay, great. And they shouldn't. I mean, it's not like this team is in a position where, like, that 08 Cubs team was because they were all aging and nobody was getting younger and they needed prospects. That was different. That was a very different time, different era, different built team. Now you still have so many young pieces in place that are going to be a part of this future, the Nico Horners of the world, guys that are on the way up. I mean, we just saw Brennan Davis have a Futures Game MVP performance over the weekend with his two home runs at Coors Field. You know, there, there are a lot of up-looking things for this Cubs team. There's still plenty of pieces in place. Even if they, like you mentioned, sell off one or two guys, maybe even three, there's plenty of pieces still here for them to be relevant and then plenty of money for them to shore up spots that they need to shore up for the near term because you know this team this team has seemed to have been doing a lot better uh, in terms of drafting ever since Dan Kantrovitz joined this front office and, and they've had this kind of changed philosophy obviously you know a lot of good drafts from from theo and jed before Kantrovich showed up but it seems like now they're almost getting more and more of that late round talent that's actually like turning into something it's not just bodies to fill the farm system type thing so um i'm right there with you i think that'll be the big thing right is really it is okay hey we'll be patient the rest of 2021 now that we know the expectation and now that it's been said yeah don't break cubs fans hearts because then i agree with you like i'm I'm to the point where I, I admittedly I have not been to a Cubs game since May. It's been a very long time since I've been to Wrigley Field, and that's just been because of how shits happened. But I'm kind of there with you, Cody, of the like, hey, if they aren't ready, because again, now you've set an expectation as ownership for this to be a winning franchise, not just to have one or two good years and then try and rebuild again every two years, especially right. the, how big of a market it is. So I'm right there with you, man. If you're gonna then go for it and say, "Hey, we're gonna be competitive again. We're gonna keep drafting well. We're gonna be able to turn into that type of franchise that can continually replace talent when guys get too expensive." Cool, great. Yeah. Um, but if you don't do that, then yeah, I'm right there with you. I'll I'll go I'll go to Wrigleyville, but I'll go support all the beautiful bars and restaurants around the ballpark instead of the ballpark itself. I mean, in a sense, you're giving money to Ricketts one way or another because he pretty much owns the entire area. But I. I I, I wouldn't blame people for boycotting going to games, man, because that's where he's going to get the most money. Okay. And um, you know, when you're when you're talking there, a, a thought popped in my head. You know, you know, back in you know before 2015, you know, I swear there was an article out there from and it had a quote from Tom Ricketts saying that that he wanted to to turn the Cubs organization into like a Yankees into the Yankees, like the, like the national league Yankees, you know, for the version of the national league of the Yankees. And just that go, like, goes back to my point of selling all these guys just to sell them. Wouldn't make any sense if that is true. You know, when on skies falling last night, me and Tommy were, were talking about, you know, that tweet that of mine, of mine that went viral on Friday, um, you know, it, when we got to talking about Tom Ricketts, it's kind of like, well, on one hand, if we 
if he wasn't the owner, we probably don't win the World Series because he really is the pillar, one of the pillars as far as when you take in the entire organization and how they won in 16. He was the star. He hired Theo. He, mm-hmm. you know, he he started the the reign of changing the the outlook of the organization. Mm-hmm. You you have to give him credit for that. But yeah. since 2018, he's been pinching pennies, not wanting to improve the team. You know, Theo, remember after 28 season, he said the offense was broken. Well, he legit never really changed anything. They they if they would have actually changed stuff and then added all those small uh, cheap contracts they did who knows where the organization would have been you know yeah. what i mean like because a lot of those small contract guys panned out to be really productive mm-hmm. but if you don't make major changes to improve your roster uh when it comes to whatever the glaring holes are then you're just it people say it all the time on cups Twitter. it's like it's just insanity so i think Tom Ricketts, there's a lot of blame into why the last three years, at least, where he hasn't or where he hasn't allowed Theo and Jed or or, or now Jed to to do their job. You know, so, you know, I if 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 Tom Ricketts really wants to make this organization, the the Yankees version of, in the National League, then he better fucking put his meat. Let let Jed put his meat on the table this offseason and, and, you know, and make some moves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Fi- fi- fix the holes that are in this roster, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't mean to take everyone's – I don't mean to <clears throat> talk over Juice and, and Joe. You guys have been fairly quiet. So, I'm sorry, but yeah. – <laughs> well, the very I missed controversial, you guys. The very controversial <laughs> Cody on tap. Proposo, <laughs> <laughs> man. On a I, so many, so many people, like, hated that tweet too. Like, And I was just <laughs> oh, kind of like they, – they were all like – this. This is not even like the Addison Russell part. It was like that's not even the top five. It's like it's not. I didn't even say it was a top five list. It was just a list, you know. Yeah. So you know, it is what it is, man. I, I again, Twitter is free, guys. It's free. So you know, it one. is what it is, man. I just like, I just, I just couldn't believe that that tweet just blew up like it did. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's just interesting how the internet works. Yeah. Going to your your uh, the Yankees of the National League thing, <clears throat> is that really? I, I understand what you know what is meant by that, but comparing you know directly to the Yankees recently is like, do you, is that even what you want? I mean, you've seen that big contracts they they just really don't work out, and to a certain degree, you need to do you need to have big contracts <clears throat> in order I to think, keep your good players. I think the mentality is kind of like what he's saying. Like expect to win every single year. That like, yeah, the Yankees haven't won the World Series since like 2009. But no matter what their rosters, I mean, even when they like after 2016, like or even in 2016 when the Yankees sold at the deadline, like you know, I, I still feel like their fan base thought like still had expectations to at least make the playoffs, which they did. And then 2017, they turned it out, turned it around just like that. You know what I mean? Like, who tell me the last time the Yankees like full on rebuilt? their franchise not in my lifetime you know what i mean so uh i think i think the mentality is is the biggest thing and going in with the you know with like the the people who are like we should rebuild to let this thing play out for another three four five years whatever like again it just doesn't make any sense to me at least with that like you i understand selling i agree we should sell some guys but don't just completely overload the roster mm-hmm. and rely on a bunch of guys who have proved nothing uh to to be the next core of guys to bring a world series to the cubs i think that it's beneficial to to have some pillars in your organization then you can bring a guy up like brennan davis and let him mold with guys who have been around the league who have played in Chicago can help build those guys and give them experience. You know, it's a lot. I mean, we, we were genuinely blessed that Theo got Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber. Uh, I know he didn't get Javier Baez, but they stuck with them. Remember where everyone thought we should trade Javier Baez and like in the 2014 offseason, 2015 offseason. Remember that old Gordon Whitmire tweet of them trading Baez to fu- for fucking Shelby Miller. Like, thank <laughs> God that didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like what Theo did is just, it doesn't, I I will talk about it forever because it was so impressive that like all those guys pretty much hit in the grand scheme. Cause they won with them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So 
I, it's just so much harder to do a rebuild like what a lot of fans are saying. And I, again, it's just, I think that a lot, a lot of fans just think that it can be so easy. It's just like, not really, brother. Not really. You got to think about, think about two of the biggest trades that the Cubs hit on was, uh, was it Scott Feldman to Baltimore? I mean, yep. You know, and Steve Clevenger, yes. And Steve Clevenger. <laughs> and then, I mean, they traded – I mean, I know this was, you know, prior to that, but they traded Andrew Kashner to the to the Padres, right, for Rizzo? Yep. yep. Like, those Number are just one. two yep. absolute nobody – not nobodies, but, like, those are, you know, in the grand scheme of things, guys you don't even remember. And yeah. we hit Anthony Rizzo and Jake Arrieta and Pedro Stroh. Right. Like, you know, for damn near nothing. So, you need a lot of – need a lot of luck. Right. The thing is, is like now prospects are just so much more coveted than they were when the when the Cubs started rebuilding with Theo. Mm-hmm. That it's kind of like you like trading for, you know, with the I think, Ron, you said earlier, you know, Mackenzie Gore um, or uh, the Darvish trade. Everyone was talking about Mackenzie Gore or Jake Cronenworth or whatever. Like, again, yeah, I wish we would have got one of those guys, but I'm, I wasn't necessarily surprised that they didn't because just the market for minor league prospects now are so much like not the market, but like the value of minor league prospects, especially top prospects are so much higher. Now teams are looking to find the next Fernando Tatis jr. In their, in their system and like extend that guy as soon as they come up, give them a nice 14 year contract or whatever. Then you, that allows you to give them a long contract, but at least you're going to get their prime years, stuff like that. Like it's the days of, giving big contracts to guys who are, you know, 30 plus 30 years old or older or over. And the, the, the oldest you, the younger or the oldest you're going to get to get a, any kind of big contract that like that, you know, maybe 28, 29. So, I mean, unless you're, unless Scott Boris is your freaking agent, man, I, I, I don't, I think that, you know, there's a lot of these older veteran guys who have been around the league in a while and have been really good, aren't going to exactly make a ton of money unless they already have, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that's why, you know, when Bryce Harper was a free agent, it took forever for him to get signed and then, and so on, you know, Nolan Arenado and all those, I mean, I, those guys signed their contracts in their mid to late twenties, you know? So yeah. I, I just think that with that said, like I said, the, minor league prospects if if they're highly rated you know no team is going to trade them unless they're getting a guy that has multiple years of control and has proven consistent years of just success yeah. um so you know i i with that said I, I i don't know how you guys feel about this and i i keep talking and i'm so sorry but like i don't i do think they're going to get a lot for Kimbrel but i also wouldn't be surprised if if they don't get the red Sox or whoever's top prospect i can see him getting a top Fifth, top ten, top fifteen of their system, but may perhaps not even, but perhaps not their like top top guy. I I, I don't see. It. I hope I'm wrong, honestly. Yeah, no, and I, I kind of agree with you, Cody. And then I wanna I wanna hear Juice and, and Joe's takes on this as well. But um, you know, going back to the whole Yankees idea, right? Uh, to me, the team I would want the Cubs to become more like is the Boston Red Sox. I mean, look at it; they've won yeah. four World Series in the last fifteen years with like almost four different cores. Like that's that's the model of consistency to me now because, it, you know, to your and this kind of ties into your point, Cody. Teams value their prospects so much more because they're young and they're cost controlled. So then you can go out and add those one or two big time guys to fill a major hole that you have, and just continue to win that way. Look what the Cubs did. I mean, it essentially was the Cubs model for the 2016 World Series. All their studs were on rookie contracts. You know, you had your few big names like your John Lester's your um you know your jason hayward's your big money contracts on that end and that's how they were able to be successful and go win the whole thing and i I think more teams are starting to understand that that's probably the best model you can have and that's why i think they're valued so much because teams want homegrown talent look at the chicago white Sox right now most of that is guys that they've either acquired internationally as prospects or they've done right thing in trades you know, or just have developed naturally just by drafting guys, you know, Tim Anderson, Nick Madrigal, uh, Andrew Vaughn, so on and so forth. You know, the Cubs did that to an extent too. And I think now that teams are starting to see that that model works, if you do it correctly, I think that's where that prospect value has totally come from. Um, and so I'm right there with you. I, I would be happy if in any trade, you know, whether it's a Kimbrel and 
Bryant if there's a team that steps up for both, uh, or there's you know one and one for each, I'd at least be happy getting a top five guy back, at least for Kimbrell. And I say that for Kimbrell because elite closers in today's day and game, today's day and age, is the difference for a lot of contenders in the playoffs. And I think that's where his value is going to ultimately come from, and where people are going to be willing to look, maybe overpay for him a little more. Plus, he also has another year of, of control because of an option. So that makes him a lot more appealing. And I think you could get potentially, depending on the team, you might not get a you know top ten farm systems number one prospect, but you might get a you know somebody that's in the fifteen to twenty range's top prospect. You know what I mean? Uh, and so that's I think where that'll come into play too. But um, at least top five guys. That's kind of where I want to go. But Juice Joe, I want to hear from you guys too because um, this is it's it's a very interesting question because. I like that Cody brought this up because the, the value of prospects is so different nowadays in the major leagues. And, and, you know, quite frankly, I mean, this is something relevant to, to Cubs fans now because we, we do want to see the best returns for these guys. Uh, ultimately I want to see them double dip and just resign Chris Bryant in the off season. But you know, in the, in the, in the present, you got to get something for these guys and, and you want the best return. So I would love to hear from you guys, your thoughts, you know, on values of prospects, maybe, you know, what it's going to take for the Cubs to get a best return, maybe some of those kind of ideas for some of these guys. I think it's hard to just group the entire MLB into one. They want to hold on to every single prospect. When you look at around the league, there's a lot of pressure for guys to win now. And I think that's what kind of will drive the Cubs having more value for these guys. I look like a team like the Mets, like the Oakland A's, teams that have been in it and been close. And maybe they need a Chris Bryant or Craig Kimbrell to get them over, you know, the that hump to to make a deeper run than they have in the past. And maybe it's all about Jed finding the sucker at the poker table, in my opinion, and just saying, hey, this is who I have. And not to mention, I have it all. I mean, we don't think that guys like Wilson Contreras or Kyle Hendricks are going to get traded, but they should listen. They should absolutely listen. Because at the end of the day, the Cubs have every single thing that a team contending would need. Who, who's to say that they don't get an outstanding offer for Kyle Hendricks that retools them next year and they go out and buy pitching? You know, that's the – I look more in terms of, the, of next year, and I'm going to put my meat on the table like we say here at ONTAP. When's the polar plunge? Is it February when they do that? If the Cubs do not spend money in the offseason – I will do the polar plunge, and I fucking hate cold water. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> fucking hate it. I will do it. I'm going to tell you that right because there is no earth, there's no logical explanation where this team doesn't spend money. You have a stadium that needs to get filled. You have tons of money around the ballpark that needs to get spent. You have a network. The Cubs are not going to sell that network by David Bodie being the, the front man of the whole thing. They're going to buy. Like, that's the – every Cub fan who's listening to this right now, step off the ledge. You have such a backing. And I know the Ricketts may not have spent in the last two years, but coming out of it, there is so much money that is coming off the baseball payroll, regardless if they pump more into it or not. So they are going to get somebody. Now go out and see what you can get for these players. And there's nothing wrong with double dipping either. There's nothing wrong with letting a guy like Chris Bryant go and play half a season in Oakland and then just telling him, hey, you come back with your best offer and we'll match it. Because if you truly want to be here, we'll pay it. We want you back. We want you as a pillar. We just understand that we're not contending this year. This is just not on the cards. We don't have the starting pitching. We don't have the depth that we think we need. We've had a lot of injuries. At the end of the day, that's where I think this team is. I think it's less closer to the full rebuild, strictly because if you listen to Jed Hoyer post uh, U Darvish trade, he had talked about guys like the, the the Boston Red Sox and how they they never really truly tore it all down. They figured out ways to add pieces in, to add different pillars, to figure out you know which guys you you know could contribute soon. I don't think that we're we're going to be getting you know, the Darvish trade in general, I think, was so different on what these trades are going to look like, strictly because it was quick up against the the league year. They had to get under X amount of dollars before it kicked in, and that's why that's how they did it. That's and that sucks because they got back some crap. I mean, mm -hmm. and we hope in the future 
four years down the line, whoever they brought back are, are going to be solid pillars of this team. But they had to do it because they had to just cut the payroll due to the pandemic, due to a lot of things. And mm-hmm. as this whole economy opens up, it just opens up so much more for Jed and for that front office because Tom, as much as I, I want to slander him, he's put a lot of money into the ballpark. He's spent money when they need to spend money. Minus last year and the year before, I'll give him. I'll give you guys that. Being in on Bryce Harper would have been great, and having him in a Cub uniform would have been great. But in a lot of ways, I attribute that half to him and half to Theo Epstein for paying Jason Hayward so much money. And I think it's a double-edged sword when we look at this because both of them work together in terms of, yeah, I love Theo Epstein, but a lot of the moves at the post of the end of the Theo era were a little sketchy, you know, were – we're kind of put them at a hampering. But at the end of the day, I, I look at the amount of money that Ricketts is worth and the amount of money that's around that ballpark. And I'm sorry, I will jump in like Michigan for Polar Plunge if they don't spend. I'm, I'll call it right now. No, I'm what's paying. that? What's that number? <laughs> what's set that? It for, you guys can see, the three of you can set it right now. By all means, <laughs> they will be in on some of the biggest free agents. And I, and I, I know. Three, co- three contracts over 10 mil? Count me in. I'm trying to think of something, you know, realistic we'll, here. We'll we'll make it fun. If there isn't meaning, we'll we'll be it'll be subjective. But um, yeah. you know, maybe we can convince Juice then to uh, we'll we'll raise maybe some money for charity or something too if we get you to do a damn right. Plunge. Hell so, yeah, I'll jump in the water. It'll be good. We'll we'll, we'll turn it we'll turn it into something good. But no, I think Juice, you brought up a lot of good points, and Joe, I, I do still want to hear your thoughts on this as well. Um. Like, to me, one of the biggest, quote-unquote, mistakes of the Theo era, and again, this is not my bias just oozing out of my pores, as everybody's going to think it is after I say this comment, but honestly, is not re-signing Nick Castellanos for what he got from the Reds. Like, you're telling me they couldn't pay him 16, 16 per year, right? Isn't that what he ended up getting? 16 per year? Like... I not, feel like they could have made ex- that happen. It wasn't $25 million, you know, right. like Jason Hayward's making. Jason Hayward. Yeah, it was less than Jason Hayward. <laughs> yeah. And sure, I get the whole, like, argument, well, you know, you weren't going to play him in, in Hayward in center to play Tostianos in right because he's not a good defender. Fine. But maybe, maybe, maybe this is one of those instances, and I'm not slandering. I love the guy. But just from a strictly baseball move, Maybe that is an instance where when the Kyle Schwarber trade value was, was at its highest after his monster second half that season two, that you moved him to get maybe a young starting pitcher to get ready for the future. And you do just re-sign Nick and play him in left every day because you can kind of you know hide him away over there in left field and then just let him hit tanks on the Waveland Avenue for the next four seasons. Now, again, I'm still holding out the hope that he opts out of his contract with the Reds. The Cubs spend money to get him back. My hope is not dead for Nick Castellanos to still be a cup, but I do agree with you. Like it, it, there were only certain, you know, it can't all be on rickets, but again, to your point juice, it just logically looking forward. Now there's way too much money for rickets invested in the ballpark, in the team. And then the area around the ballpark that if they don't have a competitive team, because admittedly the new era of Cubs fans, a little spoiled compared to the old era of Cubs fan in terms of success, People aren't going to go to the ballpark like they used to when they were the lovable losers and still pack that place. It's just not going to happen. So I, I'm kind of in that boat well, with you, Jason. Also, you know, money. the the team on the south side of the city is also good, and they're at the beginning of their winning window. Do the Cubs want to be rebuilding during that? The team that, quote-unquote, is in the best market of the city, the team that, you know, this isn't slander, but let's be real, has more fans like – I just I the it wouldn't make it again. It wouldn't make any sense to do any kind of like four or five year rebuild. So yeah, whatever we do is sell is going to be huge for the future. Whatever Jed does here, no pressure, Jed. But also, don't fuck this up. Like this is this is his time. If he's been thinking about being able to be to be in this oppor- to have this opportunity, this is this is his time. These next two these next two weeks, and um, you know. I, I have faith, you know, I, I don't think he, I, I think he did as good as he could with what Tom Ricketts let him use. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people uh, get mad about Kyle Schwarber not being a Cub, and I get it. He had a huge month of June, has like fucking 20 plus homers, 
whatever. I get it. I totally get it. But Jock Peterson hasn't been bad. And Jock Peterson has actually been – he's filled a hole that the Cubs have had for the last couple of years of being the leadoff guy. And he's I don't cheaper. think – yeah, and he's cheaper. Like, Jock Peterson is not the reason the Cubs are not good at baseball right now. He has. He is definitely not the reason. The reason the Cubs are bad at baseball right now is one, injuries. Two, they didn't get enough starting pitching that was reliable. And three, uh, fuck. Uh, those are the two reasons, at least. There's there's more reasons. Uh, it, I, did I say injuries? Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but those, like, are the, those are the big ones. Yeah. Those, those are, are the big ones. Like injuries Rome. and starting pitching, man. Like, dodge, they put dodge, themselves dodge, in, dodge. <laughs> They put themselves in a position with the starting pitching to lose. Because, again, I said this in, a, in the mailbag I wrote a couple weeks ago. I've said this on this podcast. I get trading you, Darvish, to replenish the farm system, but you didn't go get anyone to replace him that you knew was going to be reliable. And Tejon Walker is like prime example. He's got like a three-year, $23 million deal from the Mets, which is a goddamn steal because he's been having a killer year at the Mets, and he's only getting paid $10 million a year this isn't season. He, isn't he an all-star this year? Yeah, he was a replacement. So there you go. It, I also there, I'm sure there's all kinds of other at, guys out there. I also want everybody to look at Kyle Schwarber's stats pre when he went on the tear because he was god awful for yeah, two months of the season. There, when they came so, to Wrigley, yeah. he when they came to Wrigley, he his numbers were, were if not better than Kyle Schwarber's, they were right there with Jock Peterson. You know, yeah. I think. The only thing you knew that Kyle Schwarber was going to get more was going to hit more homers than Jock Peterson, most likely. It's uh, but Jock Peterson has done so despite you know only having what 12, 13 homers, he's done so much more within the lineup. And to me, I depending on what the Cubs do here is a guy that I would not mind re signing again. He's a guy that honestly you could use to trade as well, but in the offseason, maybe if his value is around the same. I wouldn't mind if they brought him back. I honestly wouldn't, you know, but he is definitely a guy that you can, you know, check in with some teams and see, Hey, you looking for a, an extra bat. Mm-hmm. Cause he can, he can, he can go on a tear and hit a bunch of homers in a span of a couple weeks. And he's always going to give you a good at bat too. So, yeah. you know, I, and, and for those reasons, or is why that I, I'm like, I'm not against bringing him back after you trade him. Same scenario with, uh, with, with Chris Bryant, you know, what we mm-hmm. kind of talked about. So, um, again, there's so many different things. And, you know, we haven't even gotten to prospects yet, guys. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling really good about next year with what we have in the minor leagues right now. Now, you add, if you can, if you make some moves with whatever you get back from, from Kimbrell and get some guys who are ready that are going to be up next year. Ugh, I, I will feel a lot better about the, the team next year uh, if it all starts, you know, this cu- next couple weeks with some, you know, with moves that are for the future that are right around the corner. Yeah, I, and I agree with you there too, right? Like a, a lot of, I think, Cubs fans hope, I guess for lack of a better term, will be dictated on what the returns are for these guys. I, I think that's going to play a huge piece into how – people feel going into the, you know, into August and September, that'll really dictate a lot of things. And um, it's going to be fun though, you know, watching some of these kids, you know, and I I think to your point about Jock, I think one thing that you'll see, I think one thing that, that plays well to them re-signing Bryant is the idea that, well, at third base, you really only have one prospect in your top 15 to 30. That's like close to MLB ready. And that's Morel who's good, but he's not Chris Bryant. And Chris can also play multiple positions. So like there's, there's a lot that you can, you know, say, Hey, we we really want to bring him back. That's a good play. I think the one thing that would maybe prevent Jock from getting re-signed by the Cubs, if he was to, you know, kind of be dealt as, and then, you know, the idea of bringing him back is the idea that Brennan Davis is probably going to play left field at the next level. Um, no, again, there's a ton of things that could happen. They could go in a different direction, and I don't necessarily want to see it happen, but they could deal a guy like Ian Happ. And if then center field all of a sudden is an open vacancy and you truly think Brennan Davis can play there, great. Then like, then you could, in theory, bring back Peterson <laughs> if you think Davis is an everyday center fielder. Like, there are just so many moving pieces. You, you've triggered another question for me, Ron. Thank you. You're welcome. W- what do you guys think? I think 
Ian Happ's going to get non-tendered if he doesn't figure it out in the second half of the season. I think he's going to get non-tendered if he doesn't do, play better in the second half. He's and I'm not asking for like amazing number, like like I don't know what kind of numbers, but I I I need a second half batting average of at least 250 with an on base of you know north of 350 and a slugging of at least. 450. Like, that's what I need out of Ian Happ in the second half for him to not be non-tendered. He's been that horrifically bad. Yeah. I think one thing you're going to see with Happ before he uh, the Cubs ditch him is you've seen it a little bit around the league. You know, two names uh, come to mind with uh, Cedric Mullins and Tucker Barnhart. He's going to drop one side of the plate. You know, I, you know look at, I was actually looking not that long ago. His right-handed numbers are actually not that dissimilar from his left-handed numbers, but it doesn't feel like it, you know? Yeah. Like he, yeah. like when he comes up on the right side of the plate, you're just like, you know, you could just turn your TV off. You know, he's got no power, just no threat whatsoever. Yeah. You know, his, his best skill there might be hitting a bloop single or something. I, I don't think, especially now that the Cubs are kind of just seeing what they got, I don't think they're going to, I think they're going to give Hap a little bit more time than that. But at, at the same time, like it's time to make some extreme moves, you know. Like well, this is the time I, to do something crazy. I say it because they've given Ian Happ just as many opportunities as they basically gave Kyle Schwarber. You know, he came up 2017, was really good his rookie year, then really dropped off 2018, got demoted, uh, and then came back 2019, the second half after being demoted, and got really hot. Took that into 2020, basically did that for a whole month. And then, you know, it, it basically rode that entire 2020 season of 60 games because he it was literally him or Jason Hayward who got hits last year. And then this year, he's just like he he got the, he's he was given the center field position every day. He was given lead, the leadoff role every day and it didn't work out. He's I mean, he's fighting for time with Jake Marisnik. And I love Jake Marisnik, but he's say- a fourth outfielder at best on a good team, man. Don't slander the flow, but no, but I'm kidding. But no, <laughs> just, but, just be real, no, bro. No, it is be, it is being real. It is being real, and I I think that's where uh, I do want to make one note because I know we're all watching. Holy shit! The fact that Pete Alonso just hit thirty five home runs in the yeah, first round. He of just the put home on a show. That was absolutely bananas. Um, I was kind of like peeking on it the whole time. I'm like, holy, is he still going? Uh, yeah, he just hit thirty five, and I think what the most to this point so far, I think, was Mancini with twenty four. Mm-hmm. I think it was Mancini with 24. So he, yeah, it, if you bet Pete Alonso to win the Derby tonight, you're looking really good right now. Um, now granted, Otani, <laughs> granted, Otani still hasn't hit yet, but um, that's certainly something to keep an eye on. But and I think it's a good point. It's a good question with, with the whole Hap situation. And, and Joe, I love what you brought up. I really do about the dropping one side of the plate because it really does feel like when he comes up as a righty that like nobody gives a shit. <laughs> like, it looks like me coming up as a lefty. Like I tried to hit lefty in 16 in softball one night and I felt like an idiot. And that like, it, it just, it feels like he's not a threat. And I feel like if he worked on just being a lefty hitting against lefties, like it would probably benefit him more in the long run. Cause he has power from the left side. We've seen it. Right. I mean, we've seen him hit absolute freaking tanks as a left-handed batter. And, and maybe too, just from like a focus standpoint, you know, it's like the whole, like, it's cool if you're good at a lot of things, but what if you could be great at a, a few things like and now all of a sudden you know you become this power hitting center fielder or even or even a guy that plays all three spots you know what i mean like there's to me there's no crime in a guy that doesn't play the same position every day like look at chris mm-hmm. bryant i mean he's a perfect example of that and he still gives you great at bats he still gives you your good production from wherever the hell he's playing on the field so um i, I would i would like to see hap I, I really wouldn't hate that actually I, i'm kind of for that idea of him dropping that right side of the plate just let him be a lefty every day it's cool you know, there's so few, I mean, let's be honest too. There's so few switch hitters in today's day and age that are like actually good at switch hitting. Uh, if any, really, I can't even really think of any off the top of my head. Chipper right Jones now. still playing? Yeah, I was going to say Chipper was probably <laughs> truly like the last great, like true switch hitter, if we're being entirely honest. And I think just a lot of that has to do with just how good these pitchers are nowadays. You're better off just focusing on one, how you mm-hmm. see the ball from one side of the plate. You know what I mean? Versus trying to figure out two sides of the plate. And remembering, oh, well, I'm hitting lefty today. So, you know, this right-handed pitcher is going to throw, you know, his his sliders coming in on me. 
you know, I guess in theory, it's like, oh, well, cool. Well, whatever side I'm batting from, in theory, the pitch motion is going to be the same. You know, lefty, you got to, you know, that slider's still coming in on you. But it's like, what if you just got really good about being able to, you know, go against the lefty and be able to poke that slider out and away? You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, that's a double down the line instead of a, maybe a strikeout because you try to swing on it inside and you miss. And what's the worst thing about just being, you know, the, uh, being an outfielder is the most platoonable position, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not maybe what we expected out of Ian Happ, but if he's able to just crush righties from the left side, you know, there's plenty of guys who can hit, who can handle left-handed pitching. Mm-hmm. You know, we have one in Jake Marisnik, you know? There's no shame in finding a, a nice platoon option. Plus, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this, but he's a coffee salesman now anyway, so, I mean, that's... <laughs> It's not like he doesn't have a backup gig if he gets let go and not, not podcast extraordinaire. Yeah, I mean, no, I and I'm with you guys on that. I'm, I, I agree with you what you said, Cody. He's been given every chance, and the problem too is, you know, the the Cubs have so much outfield talent in the system now that it's it's a matter of time until, you know, you got to, you know, shit on the pot or get off, you know, so. Right. Um, I get like I get like giving him as much time as they did because he was a first round pick, but I mean, you just you, you felt like when he came back up in 2019, you know, after watching Albert Almora for three months or whatever it was, like, all right, you you thought he finally figured it out, and it it just it it just hasn't he. he he might be just a streaky hitter. I don't know, but when it's bad, it's bad. It's it's like watching Javi whenever he's striking out as much as he does. But at least Javi is, uh, you know, elite defensively. You know, like Ian Happ is an average defensive outfielder. He isn't like giving you a ton of va- uh, value out there either. You know, yeah. also, I, like that's just how I feel. I, am I the only one who like feels like he would do really well in like Pittsburgh, hitting like fifth in Pittsburgh? Like you just. I just get the vibe that he's just not like – he's not a Chicago guy. This isn't like his thing. He, he ends up being like a, in a third, you know, level tier of MLB town. Like he would hit like 260 and like probably 30 bombs. But like here, when he's not given every day at bats and there's so much expectation, he just doesn't seem like that guy. You know, I and yeah. I hate to like – I know it's a Stephen A take for sure. Like <laughs> off the, but well, Stephen A would be talking about how he still can speak English. Yeah, right. Like through an interpreter, but no, <laughs> I just uh, there's. I'm a true believer that like there's certain fits for guys that are out there, and maybe this mm-hmm. is just not his cup of tea because he just seems like he's really close to the chest, kind of a a quiet ish guy. Like I know he's got the podcast, but. I mean, he doesn't seem like he's like a Chicago and through and through. Like, I don't know, I'd probably mm-hmm. sound like a fucking dick right now, but whatever. <laughs> Meatball takes juice. Meatball juice. There you go. And man, <laughs> like, like, you know, where I think he would love to hit where he went to college in Cincinnati. And then you can just replace Castellanos with he half, would. And Castellanos <laughs> comes to Chicago and I get what That's I a good want trade. and everything's happy. Yeah. He, yeah, he would, awesome. he would, he would hit well Ooh. in Cincinnati. He would hit well there. He always does. He only hits <laughs> like, in Cincinnati. At least this year, he's only performed well in Cincinnati. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Um, Those are like the yeah. two towns that he hits. Like well. I, I, I don't get it, but uh, you know, I, again, I am genuinely hoping that he turns around the second half. And, uh, you know, extends his time as a Cub because he is a likable guy. You know, everyone used to talk about, you know, when he first came up, he was just a quiet, always had the same face. Uh, Those memes were fun for a whole, like, month, and people kept doing them, and it got really old to me. But, you know, then, you know, we were joking about him him starting the podcast with Nico Horner and Zach Short and and Dakota Mechs. But, I mean, I thought it was a good thing for him because it kind of, like, I guess gave him a little bit more personality for the fans to see. So I, I, I like that aspect. Um, I just need him to perform though. Like that. I think that's the thing. Like you can do all that. It just, it just doesn't look fun or great when you're not performing. And that's just what, it, what that's just the stuff that comes with being a professional athlete. And if you're going to do that kind of shit, I, again, it's unfair, but you're also making millions of dollars, brother. So, you know, pull your pants up and fucking put, and, and fucking get your shit together. That's all I that's all I can really say. Cause it's like it's one thing to see Jason Hayward at the batting two hundred right now, 
But it's another thing to see Ian Happ, a guy that was highly touted, a first-round pick, you know, a guy that you really, really had a lot of high hopes for this season, uh, you know, to just be at where he's at. I mean, he's literally fighting for fucking playing time with Jake Marisnik. So yeah, I mean, he's um, at like one eighty-two right now. Happ is. Yeah, yeah, man, it's it's it's, it's bad. It's 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 worse than not great. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Okay. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, now, um, he's, now he's in my little arena of my day job. So, I mean, I, I hope that he, he succeeds because the last thing I need is Ian Happ taking my job because he's a coffee salesman now. So. Exactly. I need, I, I, he's stealing all the podcast listeners from us, man. Like, right. Well, the, Damn right. This, this industry is so saturated, man. We, 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 we can only we, – we don't need any more competitors, man. We don't need any more. Yeah, go back to hitting and, like, doing cool things with a baseball bat. We don't need your mouth on a podcast. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a loaded, it's really is kind of a loaded gun going into this, this trade deadline though. I mean, if we're being entirely, it really does feel like anybody, if you get the right offer on them is kind of up for sale. You know what I mean? And, and again, to, to your point, like we would love to see a guy like Hap get going, but like if some team really believed in Hap and put a good offer out there for the Cubs, like would they think twice? Probably not. They probably do it. You know, same thing I, I feel like they would. T- I, they'd probably take a mid a mid tier prospect for Ian Happ right now. Yeah, but probably at least like a or maybe even like a you know a guy that's just like in the low way but hasn't like you know just like just got drafted or something. You sure. know, yeah. And then they really need a bat but don't want to like give a ton for for something. I guess perhaps I don't know. But yeah. other than that, Cody, Ian Happ think, has no value. <laughs> Cody, I think it was with you. I want to ask Joe and Ron. Who are the guys on this team that are not tradable? Because that we not, remember we were talking not about not tradable or untouchable. Untouchable. Okay. Okay. Untradable. I mean, we obviously. Because to me, like to me, Jason Hayward's untradable, but to me, he's right. not untouchable. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's why I wanted to. Ask. <laughs> to me, so to me, untouchables <laughs> right now on this roster. I mean, I would love to say Chris Bryant, but I know that's not realistic. I mean, There's realistically, like yes, to me, there. no, really, I actually have three names in mind. The three untouchables to me on this roster are Kyle Hendricks, Wilson Contreras, and Nico Horner. That's interesting. Yeah. These two because, of those to me are untouchable. Because Horner is he's young. He's exactly what this offense doesn't have, which is a high-contact bat that plays good gold glove defense. We saw it. He was, he was up for the gold glove in 2020 at second base in the NL. I mean, I think he's going to be a very – I think he's going to be an all-star at least a few times in his career. Like, I think he's that good. Willie is just – he's such a freak of nature at a position that doesn't have a lot of offensive catchers. And as the NL eventually gets a DH and he can move around too if you really needed him to to conserve his legs long term, I think that bat stays relevant for a lot longer. Um, and then with Hendricks, he's just – he's such an efficient pitcher on such a, a reasonable contract in today's game. I mean, he's making, what, like $13 bucks a year to be a, a front-of-the-line rotation guy? I don't give a shit he doesn't throw 95. He gets out. I give a fuck. Yeah. But it's the spin zone that, though, Kyle Hendricks is Kyle Hendricks. With that contract, you could get a ton for him. And that's I think that's why Juice thinks that he's a uh, – he's not necessarily untouchable. It would suck. That's and I, and again – yeah. Again, I don't. I I don't necessarily support it, but it would be interesting to, to see what kind of offers the Cubs would get for Kyle Hendricks. Um, you know, especially after drafting Jordan Wicks yesterday. You know, as they a lot of people are seeing as a is kind of like the next one. He throws a little bit harder, and I think by the time he comes to the majors, he's probably going to be hitting at least ninety four, ninety five. Um, he's also a lefty too, so. Yeah, and he's a lefty, but you know, wicked changeup according to all the people. Basically. You know, best best uh, changeup in the draft, yep. uh, best lefty in the draft. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, he's I know they said he's like the most ready, but still, you're probably not going to see him until late 2022 or, or 2023. I would Agreed. I would guess, but mm-hmm. um, no, I think that's like that's kind of like the the thoughts on Kyle Hendricks. I don't think the Cubs are going to trade Kyle Hendricks, but it is it is something to you know. I think he 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 does interest a lot of people, no doubt. So, oh sure, and yeah. that and he his his and his contract and with his consistent production, that's the kind of guy that would land you a top like top twenty five prospect in baseball. I think. 
Yeah. Because of the contract and the, the shown ability of consistent work that he has done over the last three, four years. Well, I would, I would hope like if you do trade a guy like him or Contreras because of that additional year for Contreras and then more years for Kyle, that like you do get a monster return because that's how it should be. I, I think that's going to be ultimately the one thing that disappoints Cubs fans with the Bryant return if he's just exclusively traded by himself. And why I think Kimbrell's going to get the better return is because Kimbrell's at a premium position as a closer, especially in today's day and age. And he's also got another year of control with that option. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think more people are going to be willing to overpay for a guy like Craig Kimbrell than they are for a guy like Chris Bryant. Now, granted, I still think you get a good return for Chris Bryant, but I think in the grand scheme of like, maybe who do you get the like the more immediate return for? I think it could legitimately be Kimbrell just because of the position, you know, not even because of like the player necessarily, but yeah. like you said, I mean, to, to me, like we talked about earlier in the show, right, with like prospect value, if a guy has that years of control, teams are much more willing to part with, you know, a player that they see in their future two and three years out because, you know, that guy that you traded for him, even if he's lighting it up with the new team, at least the guy that you traded for him is still doing something with, with the, the you know, with you. I mean, look at, look at why the Cubs did what they did for Jose Quintana. I mean yeah. – in, in hindsight, again, because hindsight is always twenty twenty, and it's kind of a bitch at the same time, but the reason they were willing to give away Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez is because they had multiple years of team control with Jose Quintana, and he was under a very friendly contract, and he was a very efficient pitcher with the White Sox. He was still right. fairly good, at least for the first two years, maybe even three years with the Cubs, and then, of course, he cuts his hand washing dishes, and he was just never the same pitcher. And so things you can't, things you can't control, but but again, but, but again, that, that, that logic, right, is there. With, you know, Jose you know, Quintana washing dishes in his own house. Him and Brandon Morrow putting pants on, brother. Mm. Yikes. Yeah. That felt like a, those Joe, felt like Cubs curses within like the Cubs curse. Can we talk? Just at least note that. I don't even need yeah. to get into detail. Yeah. But it's like, of course, like a, a reliable left-handed starter and a guy that was at the time an elite closer for the Cubs get, both get hurt doing dumb shit. Yep. Yeah, Joe, I need your three uh, untradeable that's on the roster right now. I'm gonna be honest. Like, if if I'm not speaking with my heart. I think I agree with you that Contreras and Hendricks are not untouchable. Uh, Horner has to be because he's so young and he's done he's done so well that you can legitimately uh, build around him and build around his you know his skill set you know contact gap to gap. So that's I mean that's a, that's something you style your entire offense out of out of you know right now yeah. he's kind of the black sheep within you know a launch angle and strikeout offense. So he's legitimately somebody you could style your offense around. So he's definitely the one where I'm saying, you know, thanks for the call, but you know, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> nice. But <one>. love that. <laughs> but like I said, like Contreras is, he should be, if he's available, he should be a hot commodity, yeah. you know, especially for a team who has a legitimate backup. Or if they're in the AL, like right. how are they not wanting Contreras right now? You it, like, does his energy translate? Hell yeah. Does yeah. his bat translate? Hell yeah. Does his defense translate? Yes, 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 yes. Can we talk yeah. about how fucking dumb it is that Yadier Molina is in the All Star game and fucking uh. Joseph Contreras <laughs> isn't? Love like how, that should be shit. fucking illegal, brother. Like, that should they should the, the MLB like no. Whoever decided this shit, like I don't know if he got in on fan voting or if it was managers or whatever, it should be absolutely illegal that Yadier fucking Molina, the most overrated fucking player, no, catcher, or, or just actually just athlete ever, is on the All Star team at this point in his career. This guy is fucking hot garbage this year, fellas. You know, I yeah, speaking of Yadier Molina, I trying to explain, you know, Molina to my girlfriend. You know, she she throws baseball. She lived in St. Louis for a little bit too. But you know, I try. You know, it kind of came into my head. He's kind of like Frank Gore. 
At what point was Frank Gore ever the, the best running back in the in the NFL? I, I have literally Damn, used that never. same reference, brother. <laughs> I have used the same <laughs> reference. And people are like, well, Frank Gore's a Hall of Famer. Well, yeah, Frank Gore's going to be a Hall of Famer because he <laughs> played forever. That's so only, Molina, only, that, you know? Exactly. That's played the only reason Yadier Molina gets so hyped up because he's played forever. And he's has like he's in the top five of most caught games. Good for fucking you. You could squat for nine innings for a really fucking long time and throw guys out. Cool, brother. Cool. That's it. <laughs> he hasn't been able to consistently hit his entire career. And he has a war lower than Jason fucking Kendall. You kidding me? You Cubs kidding? Legend. Oh, Cubs, yeah. Cubs legend, legend James Jason Kendall. Jason Kendall. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad I got. I was able to get a rant. Yo, oh. like, yo, at what got, point yo, in his career yeah. are you not taking someone else over him? Yeah, right. Like probably five but, years ago but, at least. Buster Posey. Probably oh, I'm taking yeah. Salvador Perez over him over the last however many years they've been in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like even this season for the All Star game. Right. Is, is Buster Posey in the All Star game? He's the, he was voted the starter, but I think he's on the IL. My thing with That's Yadier Molina is I think that he will get in the Hall of Fame, but I think he only deserves to get in the Hall of Fame just for longevity, and that's literally it. That's literally not the, the, I mean, people, Not to minimize that, but right. But a lot of people think this guy is like a first ballot guy, and that that's no. He will because the baseball writers love him, which annoys the loving the living shit out of me because Sammy Sosa yeah. continues to just be shamed by MLB writers. But like it, I don't. I, I can't. I, no. So just a P- PSA for everybody: Otani's about to start hitting. So make <laughs> oh, sure buddy. you make sure you. I'm ready. Yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe yeah. is that the perfect yeah. time for us to wrap it up after juices? Just uh, one last thought. Sharing it here. Go so ahead, buddy. Yadi's place in Cooperstown should be right next to the steroid era. Like it should be <laughs> right next to each other. Like you go right from Yadi right to the steroid era. Because that's the only that's the only transition that the Hall of Fame could have from guys who did it right to the steroid era. Uh, should just be, it should be normal Hall of Fame, Yadi Molina, steroid era. Like and that's that's the era you walk in. Yeah. I agree. I completely agree. Oh my god. That's very that's very I, comical. I, we were, we just talked about a, a whole ton of shit. Uh, guys, I hope I hope we able we were able to hit all the bullets for the listeners, but uh, it's always fun, fellas. And uh, you know, I guess to end my to for me to just end it before Ron does his bat his best Pat Sajak here. Um, you know, I just we we've, we've kind of said it on Sky's Falling the last couple of weeks. You know, just enjoy what's left of who we got, um, and just you know, don't don't please do not hop ship like. That is not what it's about being a Cubs fan. Uh, things won't get any better this year, at least. But I do genuinely think the future is bright. So, um, yeah, I'll just end it with that. Just like, just, just, just don't, don't be, don't be the fair, don't be the fair weather fan because I will, I will slander your ass. Uh, hey, in you'll the see, you'll years. see us for here. Yeah. So yeah, we'll be. We'll be yelling and screaming at people. I agree, man. I think 2022 and beyond is going to be fun. I think it's going to be interesting. It's it, mm-hmm. This is – if you're a, a nerd like I am in the sense of, like, team turnover in the offseason and stuff, like, the next six months to eight months of Cubs baseball are going to be very interesting. Um, so, hey, just buckle in, dial you know, dial in, and continue to hang out with us here at Cubs on Tap, and we'll, we'll keep you in the loop. And and uh, I agree with you, Cody. I'm, I would like to still go to games this year. I mean, I really would. And next year, but I just hope yeah. they don't piss me off. That's all. But nonetheless, um, like Cody said, I'll, I'll quickly wrap this thing up here. Cubs on Tap. I want to remind everybody, Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast, the On Tap Sports Network. You can go ahead and check out all of our great work, www.ontapsportsnet.com and at On Tap Sportsnet on social media. Uh, you can find the pod-specific accounts at Cubbies. That's C-U-B-B-I-E-S on Tap. That's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Loose on Tap on Twitter. Cody is at Cody on Tap. Joe is at Joe Maris. Juice is at Juice on Tap. You can also follow all of our other guys like The Riot 326, Mr. Joey Ricotta, at Marty Laval, and so many more that contribute here to Cubs on Tap. Um, I see in the comments, just as a really quick, to uh, Molar FN on YouTube. Hello to you too as well. They commented hi. Um, 
as well as Greg did earlier. So hello to you as well. Um, but again, great Cubs coverage, Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks. And yep, again, Cubs fans, we all have White Sox friends. You can bring them up to us as well. Sox and Tap, they do a great job. So the On Tap Sports Network, go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Sorry, right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thanks for joining us. If you listened in, uh, if you're listening in podcast version, we hope you enjoyed the show uh, from myself, from Cody, from Juice, from Joe. Um, some of us will be back probably later this week, do a little talk about the actual draft uh, as that concludes on Tuesday. Um, and then we'll be back with you after the Cubs game on Friday against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And we'll just keep this thing rolling right into the second half as the trade deadline approaches. Um, and, guys, without further ado, what do you say? Let's go Cubs. Let's go Cubs. Let's go Cubs. Let's go Cubs.